Minute is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail. And along the road, we will talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words. Bencho, Randy, Dalan, Harami. Consider yourselves warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show and all that's entailed with that in excruciating and deliberating detail, one agonizing minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Leandra. I'm your other host, Kelly, and we're joined once again by our extra special guest host, Eric Deutsch of Flash Gordon Minute and Escape from New York Minute. How are you, Eric? Wow, extra special. I, yeah. I, I have to be good as extra special. <laughs> you definitely are. So today we're discussing Minute 22 of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is yet another minute encompassing the classic time warp. We left off in the middle of Magenta's little solo in Time Warp. The last thing she said was, so you can't see me? And here she picks up with, no, not at all. In another dimension with voyeuristic intentions, well secluded, I see all. And as she's doing that, she's kind of backing up, beckoning, and then she swings around a banister and kind of like rests her head. And you get a really good creepy close-up of her face. Meanwhile, Riff Raff shoves Brand Janet forward towards her. Uh, then he prompts her with, Oh, I can do this one. He's talking again. (laughs) Okay. 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 Singing again, so I can do this one. Okay. What's a bit of a mind flip? You're into the time slip. Ah! And nothing will ever be the same. You're spaced out on sensation. Like I want to sensation. (laughs) (laughs) And then they sing all together. Let's do the time warp again. Uh, Let's do the time warp again. Now, during that little interchange, Magenta stands up and starts kind of just like rubbing on a banister (laughs) next to a dead gigantic bird of some type. Yeah, Riff Raff, again, it like really gets in their faces. And so Janet does faint for the second time and Brad catches her again. This is less of a like full like swoon and more she just kind of flops over for a second and Brad wakes her up real quick and then she flops back up and then they do this up and down pointing motion riff and magenta as they go over towards where Columbia is sitting. And so this is our first shot of Columbia riff and magenta position themselves on either side of her and start doing this back and forth in and out arm motion uh, while she is perched up on the box singing her solo And her solo is, I was walking down the street just to having a think when a snake of a guy gave me an evil wink. He shook me up, took me by surprise. He had a pickup truck and the devil's eyes. He stared at me and I felt a change. Time meant nothing, never would again. And then they go back into let's do the time warp again. And the last thing we see, it's mid time warp again. And it's panning up the line of all the Transylvanians. Um, And that's where it cuts off for this minute big one for the time warp lots of interesting things happening here this might be my favorite minute of the entire film you literally just said what i was about to say would you say that i took the words right out of your mouth oh well done well done 
<laughs> Very good. And a song Leandra and I have sung at karaoke. <laughs> so, Eric, how about you uh, kick off why you love this minute? So, the, the there are a bunch of reasons, but the main one is uh, Columbia. Um, oh. When I... As I said a couple of episodes ago, when I first heard the song, it was at the Junior High Dances, I hadn't seen the movie, and this part of the song starts, and I didn't know what the hell was going on. All of a sudden, this high-pitched voice comes on that was not anything like the voices we'd already heard in this song. I couldn't really make out what she was saying. It was, it was so wacky. Uh, then I see the movie, and I said, oh, all right, all right, all right, okay, this makes <laughs> sense. It still sort of comes out of nowhere a bit, which is great. Because again, this is a it's a new character who we don't know yet is going to be one of the main characters, and she's just mm -hmm. suddenly showing up in the middle of this song. This is one of those songs that in the pre-internet that I sat down to try to decipher the lyrics to, um, and I'm sure that that's something that a lot of people probably did. This part of the song was the one that I had the toughest time getting, which made it all the more satisfying when I figured it out, but... It turns out I had only partially figured it out because once the year, there was the internet and I was able to check what I had come up with a few years later, I had a couple of them wrong that are kind of silly that I still remember. So there's – when I said to a guy, give me an evil wink, I thought she was saying when a secular guy gave me an evil wink. Ooh, I love that though. <laughs> no, not a secular guy. Yes, a secular guy. <laughs> That's a problem that I dislike. <laughs> and then uh, he stared at me and I felt the change. I thought she was saying he stared at me and I failed to change, which is completely oh. opposite of what she's actually saying. Yeah. But yeah, this, is, this is the main reason why it's my favorite part though. There are two specific moments in two specific songs Um of women singing that drive me absolutely crazy. One of them is a song, Car Song by Elastica. There's a part where the lead singer goes, uh, in every little Honda, there may lurk a Peter Fonda. And she goes, ooh, and, and it just kills me every time. Hmm. But in this song, when Columbia goes, time meant nothing, and she kind of like rasps her voice, that like, time meant nothing. It, it yeah. just completely gets me. And... Uh, uh, she'd get me to do whatever she wanted to at that exact moment when she does that. Have you ever seen Shock Treatment? No, I have not, actually. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you like Columbia, you need uh -huh. to watch Shock Treatment. All right. Columbia's not in it, but Little Nell is in it playing a uh -huh. very similar character. Uh, plus, it's a it's a Richard O'Brien classic. And, and, I mean, he's amazing in it, too. Of course, you could wait until we finish Rocky Horror Minute and do Shock <laughs> and just listen to it one minute at a time. But anyway, she plays kind of a sexy nurse character <laughs> with a ridiculously short little outfit. Um, ah, nice. And she bends yeah. over all the time. Yeah. And she says stuff like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, I love Little Nell. And she was so great in the uh, Rocky Horror live Shadowcast they did on, or not Shadowcast, the live like Zoom show they did on Halloween. For the Wisconsin uh, Democratic yeah. Party. Yeah. Yeah, she was MVP of that, hands down. Love her. I would have spent substantially more to to watch her do what she did. She was just yeah. wonderful. So yeah, Leandra, why is it your favorite? For very similar reasons to Eric, but I am somebody who's played all of the roles in Rocky Horror several times, 
but magenta is always the one that was my first major one, the one that I cared the most about, the one that I've spent probably too much money on at this point, yeah. uh, just to perfect my costume. This is the best of the of the magenta minutes, and then you get to see Columbia living her best life. Yeah. I also love Columbia in this minute. And of course, as a magenta lover, it's, it's her big scene between this and the last minute. And by the way, Leandra's by far the best magenta I've ever seen. And I don't think that'll offend anybody because I, uh, I know that there's lots of great magentas out there. I haven't seen that many of them though. (laughs) So, uh, but she's amazing. She knows every blink, every tiny expression she's really really got magenta down so if you ever have the chance to see leandra perform magenta don't miss it i i do thoroughly enjoy magenta and i have been playing her long enough that i have gone through frame by frame and not gone okay well she's stepping with her left foot here she's stepping with her right foot here she blinks on this line. She, uh, she's looking at this place. And that's because I, I very much, if I'm going to keep doing this thing, I want to do a very good job at it. And back in the beginning of this, the very good job was being as close to exactly what Patricia Quinn was doing as possible. Yeah. And yeah. And as I've said many times on the show, I still think that's the foundation of great shadow casting. I love when people diverge and do their own thing, but I think you have to have the screen accuracy down first and it needs to be a choice, not just not knowing what's happening on the screen or what the blocking should be. That being said, going to a live uh, live performance of the Rock Hero Picture Show with the movie on in the background and you have a shadow cast, you really can't go wrong as long as you're having fun no, absolutely. I'm talking about the gold standard. Like to me, the gold standard isn't necessarily perfectly screen accurate and not diverging, but it is somebody who knows that and is making a deliberate choice to do something different. That's all. I can appreciate I'm, that. I'm far from I'm far from perfectly screen accurate or knowing perfectly screen accurate for any character I play. I try, but I'm not there yet by any stretch. So things that I love about this also are magenta and columbia have i think the the best costumes in the entire show uh, yeah so there are there are different parts of magenta's made costume that when i first started doing this the, it wasn't pre-internet but it was certainly pre me thinking that this stuff would be on the internet which was simply not <laughs> true uh, and Everybody who I had ever seen do magenta did it in a very, very super short little maid dress, very short sleeves, and like super tiny apron. And I'm like, oh, okay, that must be right. And then once I started looking at it, I was like, that's the opposite of right. Oh, no. <laughs> and her her costume is incredibly detailed. There are three pin tucks on each sleeve. There are three pin tucks on either side of the front of the uh, of the dress the the dress itself isn't just standard buttons they are buttons that are uh, that get closed with fabric loops uh, 
It is just, there's no reason for it to be that intricate, but I'm very happy that it is. And I love everything about it. Uh, my mom, who made my first good magenta costume, is probably the person who I got all of this attention to detail from because when I said, hey, I, I was kind of hoping that I could get an apron, but I could like buy one from Party City. She said, oh, no, that is not acceptable. And she started looking <laughs> at things and she's like, I think that there are 17 pleats on the apron. What do you think, Leandra? And I was like, uh, I think you're right. And we looked at it and we just, it was so much fun. It was really a bonding moment between two incredibly big nerds. And then, of course, yeah. with Columbia's costume, so bright, so over the top. The bow tie is just larger than life. The makeup is larger than life. She's so pretty and so bright. And she's almost inhumanly sparkly. She looks, uh, she's almost bordering on terrifying looking. Yeah. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, her makeup is, her makeup is really something else. Um, I, and yeah, of the, the only person who might, might possibly give them a run for their money in costume department would be Frank, of course who we haven't met yet properly, but his, uh, both every costume he wears in the movie, but um, the sweet transvestite outfit, and especially I love his floor show outfit, are iconic, obviously, and I love them. But to me, like, the one that always caught my eye the most was Columbia's, all that gold sequins. It really takes a very bold costume to draw away from the fact that she is literally singing on top of a jukebox. It took me <laughs> years to catch that. And as I've said in the past, I wasn't a super intelligent kid, so your mileage may vary. You might have seen it the first time and gone, oh, she's on a jukebox. That's cool. Uh, it took me years. And that, that jukebox is a Rockola Model 1452. The more I know. But yeah, the, I mean... She she's obviously going to steal the show like and be the center of attention anywhere she goes. I think that's very much Columbia's character. I think that's probably why she doesn't necessarily get along as well with Frank. Well, she loved him. Did you hear me? She loved him. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but what did it get her? A big nothing. At least it was a big nothing. Right. Um, but anyway, so... Absolutely agreed in terms of how great their costumes are. And some of the uh, some of the other pieces to this, Magenta's boots in this, uh, when she stands up on top of the, I guess, no, I guess it's not a railing, but kind of that half wall, uh, you see that they are suede, Victorian style stiletto blue uh, stiletto boots these don't exist outside of sue blaine's fantasy world but betsy johnson released a very similar pair in the early 2000s and they became the holy grail for people playing magenta and i found them on sale for a hundred dollars and i immediately bought them 
and I got them and I, uh, they fit just fine. And then I tried to stand up in them and the, they're like 5,000 feet tall. And yeah. I look like a, a newborn giraffe. Yeah. I'm not good with heels. I have really bad weak ankles and I'm clumsy as hell in general, but I always want to have the most screen accurate costume so I always try and wear magenta boots that are tall like that. I don't have the Betsy Johnsons. I would if I could find them in my size um, for like anywhere, but I don't think they're making them anymore. But anyway, yeah, yeah so I, I am keeping an eye out for a pair in my size, but even so I, I suck at walking in them. So when I do magenta in particular, because her shoes are the hardest for me of the characters I play, um, it's always a battle between do I wear my less screen accurate shoes that I'm going to be able to run and walk in and dance comfortably? Or do I wear the shoes that make my costume look the best? And Leandra says, you stupid slut, wear the shoes that you can actually walk in and save the good ones for photo shoots. And sometimes I listen to her. And just think about it like this. We're in a movie theater. We're not on a raised stage. Yeah. I I regret to inform you that... (laughs) The, the audience isn't looking at your feet. <laughs> I know, but I know that you're anal retentive enough that shoes matter to you too in the costumes. Dan just chimed in with Oscar is. Yeah, exactly. We've established that Oscar is a foot admirer, but Leandra, we've established that you also. No, have a, no, we have not established yeah, that. Well, I've established it. Mm. So anyway, but the yeah, I I know not only can they not really see your feet most of the time, but your audience is A, half watching the movie or the many other people on stage, and B, most of them are trashed. Thankfully, <laughs> our theater does sell alcohol, so that is true. Yeah, and plenty of them bring their own, by the way. Uh, we find empty liquor bottles all the time. Even so, like I said, usually I, because I've actually hurt myself pretty badly playing magenta and if I twist my ankle or whatever. So I do, I do, if I feel like I'm not going to be able to stick it out on the stilettos, I'll just wear a lower heel, a kitten heel. I think that's for the best. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're dumb. Yeah. So less about costumes, more about just random stuff in the background. We talked about American Gothic being one of those things that keeps getting repeated in the film. Another one is Mona Lisa. So the Mona Lisa is in the background above a mantle. And this mantle also has a lot of weird tchotchkes on it, including a literal like fake ice cream cone. So it's just, it's very strange. This specific Mona Lisa, I also believe is either in black and white or just very, very pale. I think it's, well, it's, it's, the image is reversed of what the real Mona Lisa is. So I think it's almost like it's a negative. Um, so, that you might know, be true, the, yeah. You know, the image is, is flipped and then the colors are maybe, you know, done in negative, you know, to complement the fact that the image is facing the wrong direction. There's so much fun about these little details that, I, I don't know why they added them unless they knew for a fact that everybody was going to be looking at this and going, oh, oh my goodness, look at that Mona Lisa. That one's different than the last one. It's just so strange. Well, I'm yeah. sure that they knew that, you know, 45 years later, there would be the movies by minute community 
picking through this movie, you know. I mean, I can only assume that Sue Mary, the costumer for this, knew that people were at least going to cosplay, and she decided that that was something she hates, and that's why all of, everything's so difficult to find. Wrong Sue. I'm going to really quickly interject. Uh, Sue Blaine was the costumer. Isn't that what I said? You said Sue Mary, who oh. was the continuity editor. Yeah. yeah. I get them mixed up because they're both bad at their jobs. <laughs> Uh, that's true sue's to blame but also when leandra and i recently saw the rocky horror picture show we were being very stupid with each other and every time we did a sue's to blame callback we were going no sue's to marry but anyway um i i don't know if it's fair to say they were bad at their jobs but uh but there are definitely a lot of continuity issues last minute we talked about the food on the table and just wanted to circle back to that Uh, we did say that there are flags from around the world and as i said pretty sure that they're representing where all the transylvanians are from among the treats are a jello mold some donuts and they're occasionally referenced as a bagel but i really think that they're actually donuts and some sort of chocolate christmas tree with cookies on it as ornaments there are lots of other pastries this is clearly like a midwestern cookie table at a wedding which is a thing it's a thing i swear it's a thing okay no it's a thing i'm but remember i'm originally from appalachia yeah the the flag towers of food are interesting because it that just underscores what we talked about last minute that I think every Transylvanian is representing a different country? Or I think that's what they were going for. Well, Christopher Biggins is often referred to as the French Transylvanian. So I think that that might have something to do with it. I'm not sure, though. I'm comfortable being wrong. I thought that that was because he's eating that eclair cream puff thing off of the tray with the French flag. That was the Irish flag, though. Oh, was it? it? I believe that was, I think that was the Irish flag. Hmm. From last well, minute, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there, that's yeah. Ireland. Yeah, Christopher Billigan's eating as usual, but yeah, I okay. I thought it well. I never looked it up, so that is just an assumption, I guess I made. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're a podcaster talking about the details <laughs> of a movie. That I'm, I mean, otherwise, like, why would you know that? See, I'm just talent, so yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. I It's just something I never thought that clearly. I just thought, oh, they call him the French one because that must be a French flag. But yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, I don't know why there would be food representing every different country of the world otherwise. On the other hand, did they bring those with them on the motorcycles? These are questions we're never going to get answered. Well, I didn't see any Tupperware, so. <laughs> exactly. I didn't see any Tupperware, bitch. Somebody catered this. Oh, man. Somebody catered this party. That's so fun. Well, that's nice that they gave Magenta a night off. Yeah. The the only other thing that I wanted to specifically talk about is the taxidermy turkey. And I'm pretty sure it is a turkey. It's definitely a plump, somewhat round, dark bird. It might be a turkey vulture, but I'm pretty sure it's actually a turkey. And every time I see it, now that I've seen shock treatment, and Eric, 
when you see shock treatment, this will make you laugh. Mm -hmm. I want to scream, does this bird belong to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that, it really honestly looks very similar to the bird in that moment. Uh, I was thinking the exact same thing, actually, as I was making my notes. One time after we came out of our Rocky theater, uh, very late at night, I outside of a nearby bar in a planter, there was a gigantic dead hawk who I guess had just like died right above the planter and fallen into it. But I, I think was... it hit the window. Oh, right. I guess that makes sense. So I was technically correct. The best kind of correct. So anyway, the, but so anyway, I was looking at this hawk and I was like, holy shit. This is a huge dead hawk in this planter. And I turned to Leandra who was on the other side of the street waiting for the light to change. And I yelled like, Leandra, did you see this? And she just went, does this bird belong to you? And I, my shrieks of laughter echoed throughout the streets of DC. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the strangest moments in shock treatment. I can't wait till we talk about that many, many minutes from now. I'm, I'm slowly coming around to the idea I can can I can be convinced. It has to happen. I mean, that is something that, and we're the only people in the world who would be crazy enough to do shock treatment in it. That is not true. Well, we are just the people that have the time. Fair, fair. So I was going to say that this is this is another teachable moment for potential Rocky Horror shadow casters because you see a really up close of Magenta's face here and a mistake I think we've all made when dressing as magenta for the first time is wearing white face. I understand how you got there. I had the same mistake and I've seen there. I've got photographic evidence that Leandra made the same mistake at one point too. I send out a do as I say, not as I did document yeah. to every single person going into magenta. And I go, listen, I too was like you. I thought that this was right. I was wrong. Yeah. This is not what that looked like. And it looks, it, on screen, it looks in some scenes like she's wearing it. At least in this scene, when you look closely, it is just really, really pale foundation. Back in the day, you have to remember, too, we did not have the shades of foundations as options that we have now. So, yeah, sometimes it would really look kind of ghoulish like that. Plus, they were intentionally making her look ghoulish. But anyway... Don't wear white face as magenta, especially if you're performing on, you know, a shadow cast because the stage lights are going to make you look real, real bad, like really bad. And <laughs> not that I'm speaking from personal experience, but shimmery white eyeshadow is not a replacement for white face. No, no, mm -hmm. she was a shiny bitch. I gotta tell you. It was a great look for me. I was 17. You can't actually blame no, yeah. me. No, I cannot. Uh, and the, I also noticed some, all the different crazy things in the background. For me, the gnome figurines, were they gnomes? They were. Yeah, um, were a fun detail. And also uh, behind the Transylvanian line that we pan up, the griffin statue that's wearing like a hat. Um, is, is fun for me as well. He's wearing like a bowler hat. Again, this is a great characterization minute for Magenta because she is just the happiest. I think it, that she is at any point in the movie. I think even 
when she's talking about returning to her home planet and she's really excited she is not this giddy like the <laughs> the look of glee on her face when they're doing the back and forth hands for example so that's that and my last note was that transylvanian line as we pan up it is one of your best shots for transylvanian costuming so I have paused this so many times, tried to pause it at the exact right second so that I could get a better look at what Peggy Ledger was wearing so I could try and emulate it in my costume. It's one of the, well, it's the most up close shot you get of her in her Transylvanian costume. And there's photos, but they aren't the same as what she's wearing in the movie. So, Or they're from the next scene where a lot of the Transylvanian costumes change because fuck you, Sue Blaine, and fuck yeah. you, Sue Mary. They yeah. they united to fuck everything up. <laughs> it's so true. Why? I, I constantly lament that they couldn't use some Polaroids, but I know Polaroid camera wasn't in the budget. Anyway, um, Eric, did you have any other notes for this minute? I had two more. Okay. One of them is I just wanted to call out Riff Raff's hunchback. How... Yeah great and ridiculous it is and how much i love it especially as he goes dancing by with his arms flopping around and yeah. that just big giant ridiculous hunchback it's just really really great and the other thing is as a question for you two is in the verse that columbia does sing in this minute is she singing about eddie or is it just some random person that doesn't matter you know what I thought Eddie when I started, and then I thought it was Frank. It is canonically speaking uh, supposed to be Frank and Furter. Okay, um, and that, that she is a Frankie fan first, and when she starts noticing that Frank is losing interest in her, she starts um, finding herself more interested in Eddie. Things happen later on in the movie, and that's a fun, <laughs> fun reveal that I won't spoil. Yeah, because I'm sure. Lots of people don't know. <laughs> but um, we have a fair when, number of people who have, who are listening to this and either don't uh, haven't seen Rocky Horror or haven't seen it often and they have no interest in seeing it. But they're like, but it's true. so interesting and I like supporting you. Yeah, I think it has to. Most of those people, I think, <laughs> I, I like I think I don't know if it's just because they're friends of mine or what, but I think it's crazy that. I, well, I personally can't listen to minute-by-minute minute podcasts until I've seen the movie, or any movie podcast discussing a movie until I've seen it. It's just hard for me to follow. Yeah, we had one person that listened to Flash Gordon Minute without having seen the movie. He would listen to our minute, and he listened to the podcast, and then when it was done, then he watched the movie so he could see what his theater of the mind compared to the actual movie Oh. And so we actually had him on at the end of the show in one of our final minutes to talk about what that was like. Uh, but I, I, I could not do that because you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think at least for me, I have a hard time picturing it until I've seen it. Uh, but yeah, we do. We have. I've had a bunch of people tell me they haven't seen the movie, but they listen. And we love and appreciate you. Um, so thank you guys. But yeah, that uh, that's interesting because that means Frank had a pickup truck. That's why I thought it was about Eddie, because Eddie is a pickup truck guy. Frank, to me, is not a pickup truck guy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a little bit confusing. But yeah, Eddie, Eddie's not a pickup truck guy either, though. True. He's a motorcycle boy. I guess he's more of one than Frank to me. <laughs> yeah. That is true. 
It's hard to picture it. Frank's not exactly butch, but <laughs> you can kind of see it later when he's wearing Eddie's jacket and whipping riffraff, maybe. He's not wearing Eddie's jacket. He's wearing his own jacket. Oh, that's right. It's not Eddie's jacket. I Sorry, crackhead. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm such a such a dumb slut, but no, really, like, I, I know it's not Eddie's jacket. I've seen and even worn those costume pieces, but I, for some reason, I always say that. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so he's wearing a big leather jacket like that. One final thing before we get into callbacks. Um, Columbia's eyebrows. Yeah. I think that they are possibly the thing about Rocky Harm makeup that is the most ridiculous, but mm-hmm. they're also, it's also the most delightful to me. They're, sh- they're shaved off and... and then redrawn like 18 inches higher so that she looks constantly surprised yeah that's uh that's a staple of drag makeup but not one you see on uh women a lot i have i have multiple times uh, said you know what i'm playing columbia this month i'm going to shave my eyebrows and there's always one friend that goes like yeah fucking do it it's going to be great. Eyebrows grow back. And then everybody else goes, no, that's stupid. Leandra, don't do that. You're not getting paid to do this. And I go, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Never do that. Never do that. It always will never. never or never <laughs> yeah. always. Yeah, I know. But seriously, that, that would be a, a major regret for you. I think <laughs> after Rocky weekend, but yeah. Did you have anything else, Eric? No, no. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then, so callbacks, we've got not, again, not that many, at least from me. Uh, right before, right after Magenta says, well secluded, you're supposed to flip her off and say, can you see this? And then she says, I see all. Um, And then when... Riff says a bit of a mind flip. Traditionally, you yell over him, mind fuck. Uh, And then as she's humping the banister slash bird, it's fuck that bird, eat this bagel. And at least at our show, they say it's gluten-free after that. That's not a real thing, possibly, but it's been happening. So anyway... The riff is offering a, what we believe to be a donut, but I always hear eat this bagel yeah. as they say that. And then um, Columbia's on the box and we hear her singing and you can kind of give her a backup track by like, woo, woo, it, it goes along well with her song. So that's a, that's one we always hear. That's all I've got, Landra. You, you hit... I think all of the fun ones, certainly. So there's the, with a bit of a mind fuck, instead of you're into the time slip, some people go, you're into the time suck and grease that pole, fuck that bird, eat this bagel. It's not kosher. I'm not Jewish. So did you go over the, hey, do you douche? No, not at all. Where do you fuck (laughs) in another dimension? How do you fuck with voyeuristic intention? Where are your tits? Well secluded. Do you see this? And you flip her off. I see all. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I only I only knew the flipping off part actually. Yeah. There's a there's I've a whole heard, thing. No, I've heard the douching. I've heard the douching. I forgot that one. 
Yeah, and we're not going to go into Rocky Horror Minute Clinic uh, like we have in the past. So <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> we could. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's really the, that's the major one that I hear and I, I'd say that I enjoy it, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm thinking far more about the dance in that in this moment than the callbacks. Yeah. Again, like time warp is a little lighter on the callbacks because everybody's worried about dancing. So okay. That's all I've got. So So you know what that means? Out. Yeah. We're gonna, gonna end this the same way we always do by saying now. You don't, you know, don't have you don't to go, go home, home, but you, but can't, you can't stay here. So I'll get the fuck out. out. <laughs>